Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Lufax Holding Limited third quarter 2023 earnings call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the management's prepared remarks, we will have a question and answer session. Please note this event is being recorded. Now I'd like to hand the conference over to your speaker host today, Ms. Lu Xingyan, the company's head of board office and capital markets. Please go ahead, madam. Thank you, operator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our third quarter 2023 earnings conference call. Our quarterly financial and operating results were released by our Newswire services earlier today and are currently available online. Today, you will hear from our chairman and CEO, Mr. Y.S. Cho, who will provide an update of our latest business strategies, the macroeconomic trend, and the recent developments of our business. Our co-CEO, Mr. Greg Gibb, will then go through our third quarter results and provide more details on our business priorities. Afterwards, our CFO, Mr. David Choi, will offer a closer look into our financials before we open up the call for questions. Before we continue, I would like to refer you to our safe harbor statement in our earnings press release, which also applies to this call as we will be making forward-looking statements. With that, I'm now pleased to turn over the call to Mr. Y.S. Cho, Chairman and the CEO of Lufax. Y.S., please. Thank you for joining today's call. While the macroeconomics recovered gradually in the third quarter, the small business segments still face a complex landscape and needs more time to recover. We continue to pursue a strategy of de-risking and diversification, maintaining our asset quality with the goal of improving our asset quality overall for long-term, healthy, and sustainable growth. During the third quarter, while high-quality loan demand from SBO remained weak, our consumer finance business recorded a healthy growth, with a neuron sales volume increase of 15.3% sequentially and 48.5% uh, from the same period last year. We are also taking steps to further diversify our operations by acquiring a virtual bank in Hong Kong. Let me now provide some updates for the third quarter. On the regulatory front, the State Council released guidance on promoting high-quality development of inclusive finance. The guidance recognizes the value of non-bank institutions such as guarantee, consumer finance, and small lending companies, and encourages market participants to take steps to serve the financial needs of SBOs as well as enhanced consumer protection. We believe the guidance and recent regulatory development will promote healthy development of the industry and benefit leading players that operate businesses in a compliant manner and with proper licenses. As for the macroeconomic conditions, recent, recent data has shown that China's economy is gradually recovering. GDP in the third quarter increased by 4.9% from the same period last year, putting the economy on track to meet the annual growth target of 5%. During the third quarter, large enterprises demonstrated the strongest signs of recovery, while SMEs continued to face pressure from the broader macro situation. The SME Business Conditions Index 
published by the Hong Kong Graduate School of Business declined from 50.2 in June to 49.9 in September. The Small and Medium Enterprises Development Index published by the China Association of Small and Medium Enterprises was also below the critical threshold of 100 in the third quarter, indicating that the SEO segment will likely recover more slowly than the rest of the economy. Let's explore the impact of these factors on our business. Under the, press, under the pressure from complex macroeconomic environment, de-risking, de-risking is crucial for the stability, sustainability of our business. In the third quarter, we continued our strategy of prioritizing asset quality over quantity. We have completed the strategic adjustment initiated in the beginning of the year by reducing our footprint in less economically resilient regions with relatively high risk and optimizing our direct sales force. We believe these difficult but necessary steps will establish the foundation for long-term sustainable growth. As high-quality demand for SBO uh, loans remained weak, and we continue to prioritize prudence in our strategic execution, neuron sales decreased slightly from uh, 53.5 billion RMB in the second quarter to uh, 50.5 billion RMB this quarter. In terms of asset quality, risk performance of the old book, which are loans enabled before 2023, has stabilized. Meanwhile, all indicators suggest that asset quality of new loans enabled in 2023 is in line with our expectation, although not yet recovered to pre-COVID levels. Next, let me show some strategic updates. We have completed our transition to a business model under which our guarantee subsidiary provides 100% of our credit enhancement. As CGI premiums remained uh, elevated due to the impairment losses suffered by CGI partners. At present, we have secured sufficient credit lines from our funding partners to support our 100% guarantee model for the remainder of 2023 and throughout 2024. We are able to make this shift in large part due to our strong capital position. At the end of the third quarter, the leverage ratio of our guarantee subsidiary was only 1.6 times, well below the maximum regulatory limit of 10 times. Switching to our 100% guarantee model will play an important role in alleviating the impact of elevated uh, CGI premiums, resulting in a 14, uh, 13 to 14% take rate from a long-term perspective, but exerting pressure on medium-term profitability as upfront provisions are recorded for new business. Last quarter, we mentioned our strategy to grow our consumer finance business by leveraging the advantages of our consumer finance license and synergies with the pool business and we continued to implement this strategy. During uh, the third quarter, the neuron sales of our consumer finance business was 20.6 billion, representing a 15.3% quarterly 
quarter-on-quarter, and 48.5% year-over-year growth. The NPL of our consumer finance business decreased to 1.9% in the third quarter, from 2.2% in the second quarter. The competitive advantages of our consumer finance business have made it an increasingly important part of our business. With our consumer finance license, we can operate this business in full compliance with the regulations and benefit from lower funding costs enabled by interbank money markets. With the SBO segments likely to face continuing challenges from the macro environment in the near term, the consumer finance business serves as a good supplement to the pool business, enabling us to further mitigate risk and diversify product offerings. Together with our transition to the 100% guarantee model, we will be able to provide more comprehensive products to our target customers with a simpler and better customer experience. Now let's turn to a new initiative we are undertaking to further diversify our business. Subject to approval from the Hong Kong Monetary Authority and OneConnect shareholders, we acquire 100% of the shares of Ping'an OneConnect Bank, or PAOB, from OneConnect at a cash, at a cash consideration of uh, 933 million Hong Kong dollars, representing 2.2% of our cash at bank uh, as of the end of September. As one of the eight virtual banks in Hong Kong, PAOB is a fully licensed bank with a service scope similar to traditional banks, but without physical operating branches. As of June 30, 2023, PAOB's loan balance was 1.8 billion Hong Kong dollar, and its capital adequacy ratio was 100%, which was substantially higher than relevant regulatory requirement. All of its loans were SME loans in Hong Kong, and a significant portion of outstanding balance is backed by Hong Kong government's SME financing guarantee scheme. We believe the business and target customers of PAOB sync well with our existing operations, <coughs> enabling us to leverage our operational experience and technological expertise in its business development. From a long-term perspective, the prospects of Greater Bay Area also bring upside, upside potentials via this banking license. Overall, we took a number of steps in the third quarter to carry forward our efforts on de-risking and diversification, including the completion of our transition into 100% guarantee model, further developing our consumer finance business, and acquisition of the virtual bank in Hong Kong, aiming to create foundations for long-term sustainable growth. In the short term, as most of our strategic efforts on de-risking had been concluded by the end of the third quarter, we expect volume in neuron sales to be stabilized and we are on track to meet our neuron sales guidance for the full year of 2023 to be in the range of uh, 190 billion RMB to uh, 210 billion RMB. I will now turn the call over to Greg for more details on our operating results. Uh, thank you, YS. I will now provide more details on our third quarter results and our operational focus uh, for this year. 
please note, uh, Old Book refers to unsecured loans enabled before January 1, uh, 2023, and New Book refers to unsecured loans enabled afterwards. All figures are in RMB unless otherwise stated. During the third quarter of 2023, our performance remained under pressure from the complex macro environment and challenges faced by SBOs. Total new loan sales during the third quarter was $50.5 billion, amongst which approximately 40% was contributed by the consumer finance business. Now let's dive into the detailed performance of the Puhui business and the consumer finance business. First, let's take a closer look at our Puhui business. During the third quarter, we enabled $29.9 billion of new loans under the Puhui brand. Despite the pressure on new loan sales, the productivity of our direct sales team further improved during the third quarter. Average productivity for our direct sales team rose by 25.4% quarter over quarter, continuing the positive trend we noted in the second quarter. 68% of new loans enabled during the third quarter came from our direct sales team, compared to 61% in the second quarter. The overall pricing by balance of loans enabled under uh, the Puhui business remained stable at 20%. We have not encountered any pressure to decrease price, and we have the flexibility to adjust our prices to the extent commercially sensible. Uh, as we have completed the transition into the 100% guarantee model, we expect to improve our take rate by alleviating the negative impacts of elevated CGI premiums in the long term. Our profitability, however, will suffer in the medium term due to the impact of upfront provisions under the 100% guarantee model. Now let's look at the risk performance of Puhui business during the third quarter. The risk bearing by balance of Puhui business at the end of the third quarter increased to 25.7% from 22.4% as of the end of second quarter, mainly due to greater portion of loans enabled under our 100% guarantee model. By the end of this year, we expect our total risk bearing, including consumer finance, to increase to above 40%. The C to N3 flow rate of the Puhui business increased from 1% as of the end of June to 1.1% as of the end of September, partially due to the 16.1 decrease in outstanding loan balance of the Puhui business. Taking a, taking a closer look into the Puhui portfolio, asset quality of our old book was stabilized. As the amount of the old book decreased as a percentage of total portfolio, the absolute amount of old book that would become overdue will continue to decrease, although the C to M3 ratio remains at an elevated level. On the other hand, though not yet recovered to pre-COVID levels, asset quality on the new book is in line with our expectation, and we, seek, uh, we continue to operate with tighter credit standards and focus on higher quality demands from stronger SBOs based in economically resilient regions. In light of the macro environment, we plan to, plan to maintain our emphasis on quality uh, over quantity for the foreseeable future. Now let's move on to our consumer finance business. Our consumer finance continued to record a healthy growth during the third quarter. New loan sales in the third quarter amounted to $20.6 billion, increased by 15.3% sequentially and 48.5% from the same period last year. The total outstanding balance of consumer finance loans at the end of the third quarter was $36.1 billion, up 9.9% from the end of the second quarter, and up 29.4% year over year. The NPL ratio of consumer finance business was 1.9% in the third quarter, as compared to 2.2% in the second quarter. Providing smaller ticket size 
shorter tenure uh, consumption loans helps to enhance our product line as well as diversify our business operations. In addition, uh, with the increased amount of consumer finance loans as a percentage of new loan sales, the lower funding cost of the consumer finance business will help uh, bring down our overall funding costs. We plan to continue our efforts to grow the consumer finance business while the SBO segment remains under pressure. Due to the aforementioned factors, our total income decreased from $9.3 billion in the second quarter to $8.1 billion in the third quarter, mainly due to a decline in our outstanding loan balance and new loans enabled to SBOs. On the expense front, we maintain our emphasis on optimizing our operational efficiency and decreased our operating expenses by 6.1% from the previous quarter uh, and 31% from the same period last year. Credit impairment losses remained at $3 billion for the quarter, mainly due to the impairment losses arising from the old book. As a result, we recorded $131 million of net profit for the third quarter. As Wyeth mentioned earlier, we plan to acquire 100% of the equity interest of PAOB to bring additional diversity to our business. Subject to regulatory and OneConnect's uh, shareholders' approvals, we hope to close the deal in the first half of 2024. Finally, uh, we are pleased to announce that we have paid out uh, the first half 2023 dividends in October with an aggregate amount of U.S. dollar, $89 million. We'd like to thank our shareholders for their continued support and will continue to use our best efforts to deliver value uh, to our shareholders. I will now turn the call over to David, our CFO, for more details on our financial performance. Thanks, Greg. I will now provide a close look into our third quarter results. Please note that all numbers are in revenue terms and all comparisons are on a year-over-year basis unless otherwise stated. In the third quarter, 2023, our total income was $8.1 billion. Total expenses were $7.7 billion and net profit was $131 million. As Wyatt and Brad mentioned before, our performance was impacted by the macro situation, macroeconomic situation affecting the SBO segment, and of course, the negative growth in the loan balance. This resulted in a 39% decrease in our top line this quarter. During the third quarter, our technology platform-based income was 3.3 billion, representing a decrease of 51.2%. Our net interest income was 3.3 billion, a decrease of 28.4%. And our guarantee income was 941 million, a decrease of 49.5%. Furthermore, primarily due to the decline in the loan balance, guarantee income was uh, 9.41 million compared with 1.9 billion a year ago. For our other income, which mainly includes account management fees, collections, and other value-added services charged to our credit enhancement partners as part of the retail credit enablement process, the amount was 291 million in the third quarter of 2023 compared to other loss of 129 million in the same period of 2022. Turning to our expenses, we are committed to cost optimization for sustainable growth whilst preserving our core capability. Our total expenses, excluding credit and asset and impairment losses, finance costs, and others, 
decreased by 31.1% year-over-year to 4.7 billion this quarter as we continue to enhance our operational efficiency. In the third quarter, our total expenses decreased by 38.1% to 7.7 billion from 11.1 billion a year ago. This decrease was primarily due to the decreases in sales and market expenses and credit impairment losses. Our total sales and market expenses, which mainly include expenses for borrowers and investor acquisition costs, as well as general sales and market expenses, decreased by 43.7% to 2.3 billion in the third quarter. The decrease was mainly due to decreased borrower acquisition costs as a result of the decrease in the new loan sales and decreased investor acquisition and retention expenses and referral expenses from platform services attributable to the decreased transaction volume. Our general and administrative expenses decreased by 15.6% to 500 million in the third quarter, mainly due to our expense control measures and decreases in tax and surcharges. Our operation and servicing expenses decreased by 7.6%, billion in the third quarter, mainly due to our efforts in expense control and decrease of loan balance, partially offset by increasing resources invested in collection services. Our credit impairment losses decreased by 24.1% to $3 billion in the third quarter, primarily due to the decrease in provisions of loan and receivables as a result of the decreased loan balance. Our finance costs decreased by 86.9% to $14 million in the third quarter from $306 million in the same period of 2022, mainly due to the increase of interest income from bank deposits, plus the decrease in interest costs resulting from our repayment of our uh, CB and our other uh, US dollar debt. As a result, net profit for the first quarter was 131 million compared to the net profit of 1.4 billion the same quarter of 2022. Meanwhile, our basic and diluted earnings per ADS during the third quarter were both relatively 0.4 or US dollar 0.1. Turning now to our balance sheet, our balance sheet remains strong and solid as our cash at bank balance has it has increased since the end of our last fiscal year. As of September 30th, 30th 2023, we had a cash balance of 39.8 billion as compared with 43.9 billion as of last year. And as of the end of September 2023, our guaranteed subsidies leverage ratio was only 1.6 times as compared to the maximum regulatory limit of 10 times. All of these factors offer substantial backing for the company to navigate through the changing macroeconomic landscape, maintaining our resilience and creating options to deliver value to our shareholders in future. That concludes our prepared remarks for today. Operator, we are now ready to take questions. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star than one on your telephone keypad. If you are using a speakerphone, we ask that you please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star than two. 
Today's first question comes from Emma Shu with B of A Securities. Please go ahead. Mm. Thank you for giving me the, uh, the, the the opportunity to ask the first questions. Um, actually, I have two. The first one uh, is about the loan demand and new loan pricing. So previously, you mentioned that you are on track to uh, meet your full-year loan growth target now, uh, but we just want to get more details about the overall uh, loan demand in fourth quarter so far, um, including the uh, SME loans and the uh, consumer finance loan and how it will impact the loan pricing uh, for different uh, loan products. And the second one is about the uh, unit economics uh, under the full guarantee model. Uh, so we understand that you have been uh, progressing with this model for a while, and we uh, probably get some more data now. So could you please run us through the unit economics uh, under this new model? Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for your question. Uh, we see that macroeconomy is surely is gradually recovering, but um, our major target segments, small business segments, uh, they need more time. So as a result, loan demands of especially prime and special segments remain uh, quite weak. Their confidence level, we think, hasn't restored back to the previous level. So we see a weak loan demand, but, uh, but regardless, uh, as we said in the previous uh, the announcement, uh, we believe we will deliver uh, this year's uh, neural sales guidance as planned. And regarding overall APR, uh, our overall APR level uh, on portfolio remained stable at around 20%. 20%. And then uh, we do not see uh, any further pressure to reduce our loan price or APR. Through our continuous communication with regulators, we see that they are also gradually uh, getting aware that price cannot be simply lowered again and again. Uh, otherwise, it cannot ensure the financial service coverage for the whole SBO segments. So we believe we have more flexibility in the future than before to adjust our loan price uh, as necessary. And uh, your question about our UE on the full guarantee model, uh, now we fully switch it to 100% self-guarantee model. So uh, this model, uh, in a mix of our guarantee plus bank funding, we don't have CGI partners anymore. So uh, as normal CGI premium paid, our take rate will be a lot higher than before, to around uh, 14%, 1-4, 14% level. And then going forward, uh, we still will continue to optimize or reduce our funding cost, uh, but uh, upfront provision on the self 100% self guarantee model will affect our bottom line in uh, short term, one year term. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And our next question today comes from Victor Shu with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. So thank you. I, uh, the, uh, this is uh, Richard from Morgan Stanley. Uh, a question on the cost side. Uh, given, the, obviously, the, the loan size has been shrinking and the company has been um, you know, optimizing the loan size and client base uh, in the risk environment, is there any room to optimize the sales force? Because, you know, uh, at the moment, I guess, 
uh, cost control uh, is also a very important aspect that, that we, we can probably analyze and see the profitability of the business. Uh, any, any thoughts on that? Thank you. Uh, okay, thanks for your question. Um, by now, we have completed the adjustment of, of our sales team. Uh, we reduced our sales team, especially in, uh, in the regions. Uh, the local economy is not resilient, and then uh, we don't see much uh, development potential. Uh, so as a result, we have a lot less number of teams. But uh, the uh, our our plan has been all completed, and now our focus is we don't have any further optimization plan uh, for sales team. Our focus is more about how to retain our remaining uh, the best quality, a lot better than before uh, quality sales team. And then their product has been. We see that their product has been continuously improving after optimization, although we, we all know that we tightened underwriting policy very much from this year, but still the remaining direct sales team, their product has been improving. And then uh, we understand the product enhancement is the best, is the best way to optimize our cost uh, ratio. But also uh, we will continue, to, uh, continue our effort to further optimize our funding cost and other operation cost. So just, just uh, Richard, Greg here to add to Wyatt's comment, if you look at the uh, third quarter, uh, quarter on quarter operation expenses down uh, 6% uh, and year on year uh, operation expenses down uh, 31%. Uh, <clears throat> so actually uh, starting uh, in the fourth quarter last year and then progressively up until about um, July, August this year, uh, we went through quite uh, substantial restructuring. Uh, and that restructuring uh, included uh, frontline, uh, mid and back office. <clears throat> uh, so uh, pretty far reaching. Um, and as, as Wyatt said, I think um, given that we have made those adjustments and that we're starting to see uh, improved productivity uh, in the front line, the, the key now is really to capture the benefits from the ongoing change in the mix of our business, right? So if you look at, for example, Wyatt mentioned funding costs, right? Our funding costs uh, uh, through the uh, Puhui uh, guarantee model, when we partner with banks and other trust companies, is still ranging around 5.5% uh, on average. Uh, but when you look at the consumer finance business, that funding cost is about 3.5, 3.6%. And then if you look at the new business mix uh, in the third quarter where consumer finance made up about 40% of all new business, you can see as that, that change in the mix of the business occurs, it creates an overall lower funding cost as well. So there's still more room, we believe, uh, in the current interest rate environment uh, here in China uh, to optimize funding costs on the guarantee model, um, and we'll be working to do that with our uh, bank partners. Uh, but the key now really is to take uh, advantage of the fact that uh, the old book, which has really been the source of our challenges, uh, the book written before 2023, that, that that old book is a percentage of our total business, right? So if you take, let's say, uh, unsecured loans written prior to 2023 versus the total, which includes also uh, unsecured business generated post-January 1 this year, uh, secured business, 
consumer finance business, that old book is roughly about half of, of, our, of our outstanding uh, today. Uh, and by the you know, next 12 months out, that, that percentage will drop to low double digit. So we're, we have a situation where that, that the old runs off, the new is performing in line with expectation, uh, productivity for the direct sales has been lifting consistently in both Q2 and Q3. So we think that the uh, right-sizing things that we have uh, done in terms of the front line are now largely completed. And it's really just now to sort of uh, work through the remaining part of the old book, uh, continue to improve our mix, uh, and to continue to be prudent in our new loan growth. And we think that uh, with those steps, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that we are at the end of all challenges at this point, but we've certainly worked through a large part of it. And we think we've right-sized uh, for uh, our future steps. Thank you. And our next question comes from Alex Yee with UBS. Please go ahead. Um, good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Um, I have two questions. Uh, first one is on asset quality. Uh, so where are we in terms of the legacy um, asset quality risk? You know, did the company see any early indicators that um, the asset quality on this part could actually improve, and what driver will be needed for that improvement? And second, regarding um, your PAOB deal, can you also share some color on, on that, um, including any initial thoughts on the future strategy on, on that bank? For example, what kind of growth prospect should we be expecting? Um, how is the profitability now, and you know when do you expect it to, to break even? And also, any color on you know the asset quality of its uh, SME loan book? Thank you. Sure. Uh, on uh, asset quality uh, for the uh, domestic uh, Puhui branded SBO business, right? Uh, as we've highlighted, the C to M three ratio, which is that lead indicator still remains at an elevated level, right? So for Q3, it was at 1.1% uh, versus about 1% in Q2. So it has remained at an elevated level. Uh, but um, if you factor in that our, you know, this is a numerator denominator uh, issue when you might do the ratio, uh, actually the denominator, uh, for example, has shrunk about 16% um, if, you, if you look at just a quarter on quarter change, right? So if you were to factor that in, uh, you would actually start to see gradual improvement. Um, and we, if we look through uh, the overall book, because that, that, that old business written prior to 2023, as I said, is now approaching to be about half of the total portfolio. And that will continue to decline uh, over the next six to 12 months. So the absolute loss uh, that comes from the old book will continue to decline. And, and then what will drive these figures going forward is the portion of the overall portfolio which is coming from new business. And the performance of that part um, is in line with our expectation. Um, you know, I think YS has, has outlined that if you look at the quality of new business written since January 1st of this year, it is actually better than new business written in 2022 and 2021. It's not back to 2019 levels because we uh, would expect uh, an improved quality because we are focusing on a higher quality customer base. Uh, we've narrowed our focus onto the best uh, credit quality groups. But um, 
you know, we do see that it is generating a profitable outcome. We, we, we believe that the new business that we are doing today through its lifetime will be a positive contributor to the company uh, in 2023 uh, and beyond uh, on, a, on a per account basis. So we think uh, the asset quality, while it is still challenging, the environment is still challenging, uh, we are seeing a gradual improvement. Uh, one other indicator uh, that we've seen recently uh, is that the amount that we're able to recovery, uh, recover post-indemnity, uh, post uh, uh, you know, 90 days uh, uh, where it's been charged off, that recovery is actually gradually improving as well uh, this year and in the, in, the, in the third quarter. So that we believe will bring some room uh, going forward. So I don't think it's time to celebrate that everything has returned to normal, uh, but I think it is time uh, that we know that, uh, you know, we probably have seen the worst and we will see gradual improvement uh, in overall quality uh, going uh, forward. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, POB, uh, the digital virtual bank license in Hong Kong, uh, we've actually, uh, Lou Holdings has been looking at this market for some time. Uh, when the initial licenses were issued, uh, eight of them uh, back in 2019, we did consider at that point uh, looking into it, but then didn't pursue it for, for other reasons. Uh, given the opportunity to uh, fully acquire uh, this license today, um, at, uh, at, a, at, at roughly about 1.2, 1.3 times uh, book value, we think is actually quite a good uh, medium-term growth option, a very affordable uh, medium-term growth option for us. Um, if you look at POB in the context of the eight uh, virtual banks in Hong Kong, uh, by loan assets and total assets, it's roughly ranked uh, third. Um, and if you look at uh, its relative profitability, uh, it actually has the, the least losses of any player uh, in the market. And the focus of uh, POB, while it's still relatively small, uh, of about 1.8 billion Hong Kong outstanding loans, um, uh, with about uh, you know a majority of those backed uh, by the uh, Hong Kong SME government uh, guarantee uh, program, uh, it's quite low risk. Um, if you look at the uh, losses uh, that it incurred last year, it's about 160 million uh, Hong Kong, uh, and we would expect losses this year to be in that range. Um, we would expect to grow the business um, in the context of Hong Kong uh, by, on the loan side, diversifying um, its products a little bit more, uh, diversifying its acquisition channels a little bit more, uh, taking our experience in technology uh, risk and Salesforce uh, deployment uh, in bringing those uh, into the mix. Um, and we will also uh, look at uh, opportunities, if you look out over the next one to two years, in addition to lending opportunities, which may extend uh, into the Greater Bay. We have to continue to watch the policy on that closely, but we do think that is the, the general uh, direction that people want to go. Uh, we'll also look at non-lending businesses. Uh, where the, the bank has the ability, obviously, uh, beyond deposits to also do a number of other products. And so those are uh, areas that we will look to uh, develop. So, um, you know, over the next uh, two to three years uh, with investment and development, um, we believe this will become a, a profitable uh, a venture for us. And I think if you, if you take the, the broader perspective of Lou Holdings, and I think if you look at the 
words that uh, YS used today mentioned several times diversification. So the focus really for the last uh, you know two plus years uh, in the current environment has been to de-risk, uh, to to uh, reduce our uh, exposure uh, to the SBO segment while focusing on the high quality customers and start to diversify uh, our business uh, in domestically with consumer finance. Um, and also, I think, through uh, Hong Kong, uh, with this full banking license that gives us long-term opportunities uh, in Hong Kong, Greater Bay, but also can be a launch point for other markets over time. Uh, so I, we look at it as an important uh, and affordable option uh, for us to continue to pursue uh, diversification strategies. Thank you. And our next question today comes from Yada Lee with CICC. Please go ahead. Hello, management. Thanks for taking my question. This is Yada from CICT, and I have two questions for today. Uh, the first one is about our consumer finance segment. Uh, I was wondering how we shifted the strategic focus towards uh, the consumer finance and looking forward how much it will contribute to the whole loan book. And compare with the uh, consumer finance peers, what are the unique advantages that we have to develop such business? And the second one is that I noticed you have almost 40 billion cash in bank as of this quarter's end. And besides the normal dividend payout, will management consider share repurchase or uh, some special dividend to deliver more value to the shareholders? And that's all. Thank you. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll take your uh, first question uh, on consumer finance. So I, I think we have to uh, first define what is uh, consumer finance for us? How does it add to uh, what we uh, already have been doing for many years? So if you look at our uh, you know, traditional focus on the small business owner segment, uh, over, over time, uh, you know, we've enabled lending to more than 6 million uh, small business owners. Uh, and as you know, those loans have always been granted uh, in the form of uh, to the individual. Uh, mostly uh, for use in their businesses. So actually we have quite a, a large uh, installed base of customers that we have interacted with and continue to interact with. Now most of the lending uh, that we have done uh, traditionally has been larger ticket, um, uh, two to 300,000 RMB, and has typically been for a duration of two to three years. Uh, with our consumer finance license, uh, we have an opportunity to provide a higher frequency service to customers that we have served for uh, many years. Uh, so we have the ability to understand those customers, to understand beyond some of their longer term needs, particularly as they repaid over time, they may have shorter term requirements as individuals as well. Uh, and those requirements uh, could be in form of consumption uh, of, their, of their own personal needs. Um, so we have been developing a product set that uh, serves these individuals. Uh, we've also been developing a product set which allows us to partner with a, a number of other online platforms so that we're also reaching out into new customer segments. Um, today, uh, the business is developing around half with the ability to serve uh, you know, small business owners and their individual needs, uh, and the other half uh, through partnerships that extends our reach into the customer base. We continue to invest in this business to uh, generate more and more uh, scenarios uh, which are closely linked to uh, customers' uh, consumption behavior. 
I think what's very important if you look at uh, consumer finance in the context of Blue Holdings is that it increases our frequency of interaction for those customers we serve. Uh, it also gives us a broader data set uh, to understand uh, some of their needs and behaviors, which allows us to better judge uh, their overall credit risk uh, in their various needs. So it's a, an opportunity to leverage what we have to also broaden who we serve, uh, to do it with a broader set of products with shorter durations, which gives us more flexibility and adds to data that we can use uh, to assess customers uh, more broadly. Today, as we said in the third quarter, uh, of total new loan sales enabled uh, through the company, about 40% uh, uh, were for consumer finance. Uh, it makes up about 11% of the total outstandings today. If you roll forward over the next 12 to 18 months, uh, we would expect that it will still be a very large share of new sales and will increasingly make up a larger part of the portfolio, right? So we're now uh, low uh, double digits in percentage of portfolio and we believe that will continue to increase uh, over the next 12 uh, to 18 months. So it is an important uh, diversification initiative, but it also helps reinforce uh, our overall position uh, in terms of customers uh, and risk and service. Uh, David, do you want to address the second question? Yes, uh, thanks, Yada, for your second question. Um, yes, uh, we, we, uh, we have been exploring uh, all the ways uh, to deliver value to our shareholders ever since our listing, as you may be aware. We did some buybacks in the previous years, and we continue to uh, uh, pay our dividend in recent years. Uh, we'll continue to do so, of course, and uh, as you may be aware, we just paid out the first half, 2023, the dividends in October with an amount of about uh, $89 million US dollars. It's just a relative small amount uh, in terms of a relative, relative to our cash position. And I think, after all, we won't exclude any means or ways that we can deliver uh, value to our shares as a whole. Um, from the perspective of total shares returned. Um, and we also find ways to preserve cash or deploying capital in a way to support the sustainable growth for business model in the future or to create options for future business model and growth. Thank you, Ada. Thank you. That concludes our question and answer session for today. I will now turn the call back over to our management for closing remarks. Uh, sure, thank you. This concludes today's call. Thank you for joining the conference call. If you have any more questions, please do not hesitate to contact the company's IR team. Thanks again. Thank you. That concludes the call today. Thank you, everyone, for attending, and you may now disconnect.